At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5GB data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Hi, Puddin! You're just in time for the Geek Girl Riot. Geek Girl Riot. Rioters! You're gonna like this one because you're back with your dynamic duo. That is me, Shireen, and... Alex. Hello, Miss Alex. Hello, darling. So <laughs> lovely to see you again. Oh, yes. <laughs> Welcome back to Geek Girl Riot, where we do our American Lockjaw accent. That was not British. That was American Lockjaw for all the wealthy Americans. You might recognize that accent from Kate Hepburn. Anyway... Um, <laughs> I'm being ridiculous. Alex knows why I'm being ridiculous. I have a whole box full of wine from Firstly, first of all. Mm, so there's mm-hmm. that. Cheers. <laughs> so does Renee. We'll be back to tell you about that later. Also, Julian and I get to talk about Space Jam up front. So you're going to hear about Space Jam in just a second when Julian walks into the room. Kablow. But after that, then Alex and I will return to talk to you about... Never Have I Ever, season two, coming to Netflix. When, Alex? Thursday. So two days from now or whenever, if you're listening to this on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For two strong segments, we will be talking about Never Have I Ever because we really have an affection for this series. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. You know, plus we have offices in SoCal, so we feel connected. We definitely feel yes. connected. <laughs> so without further ado, darling, we're going to jump right in with Julian and Space Jam, A New Legacy. What is this? Ah! <sighs> I'm a cartoon? What's up, Doc? I need to assemble an elite team to help give my son back. I know what you're looking for. A dream team. Mom, shoot the ball. Let's try that again, shall we? King James. Welcome to the Space Jam. Hey, writers! You're on Geek Girl Riot with me, Shireen, and Julian. And tonight we are welcoming you where? To the Space Jam. <laughs> That's right, to the Space Jam, because Space Jam: A New Legacy is coming out on July 16th, and tonight we are going to preview it for you without spoilers. There shall be no spoilers, unless it's for the original Space Jam, because that was 1996. And even, you know, we can't do nothing for you. You should have seen it. Um, Was it 96? Wait. Yeah. Yeah. 25 years. Wow. 25 years. That's amazing. So, yeah. That's that's like generations in basketball time. (laughs) So so that's what this segment is going to be about. 
And um, what we are going to do for you is we're going to start by talking about the original Space Jam starring Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny in, a, in, in the greatest live action animated team up since Gene Kelly and Jerry Mouse. Uh, you just, you're just going to leave out good old Who Framed Roger Rabbit with the no actor of Bob Hoskins. No, but it's and, a different vibe, you know, but okay, we can, we could throw Roger Rabbit in there too. Roger but fire. It was great. Roger Rabbit is great, but it's a whole, you know, that's a noir film. Please. That's my joke. Everybody Uh, in love with Jessica Rabbit. Everybody was in love with Jessica Rabbit. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Yeah. But yo, scary Christopher Lloyd, that was great. Yeah. Um so you know, now that I think about it, this second boss baby film is pretty much a knockoff of Roger Rabbit, which we don't need to talk about. That's another conversation for another day. Kinda but way weaker and no Christopher Lloyd. No, I did say knockoff. I said knockoff. Yeah, weaker oh. version. But oh. Space Jam number one, 1996, starring Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Julian, why is this film so iconic? You know, you know what? It, it's interesting. The last like months leading up to Space Jam: New Legacy, the amount that film Twitter decided to to trash on such a fantastic, joyful family movie, where they basically took something that everybody already loved and made it into a movie. Like, these folks didn't understand how awesome it was to see the Hair Jordan commercial <laughs> with Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. And Bugs Bunny had his own version of the Air Jordan 7s. Mm-hmm. It, it, this was the second. This is Bulls versus Blazers. <laughs> it was Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. And it was like, oh, man. It's a time when you could turn on ABC on Saturday morning and they're going to get you with a good hour of Looney Tunes cartoons every week. <laughs> true, so, true, yeah, true. We, we get to Space Jam and you're like, you're sitting here, like, I'm not a little kid. I'm a, t- a whole teenager. I'm like, oh, it's Michael Jordan. And it's Looney Tunes. How could this not be good? And the Monstars. So what's the premise? Okay, like, some aliens come down and they're basically like, they're going to like, I guess... I ain't gonna lie, I don't totally remember the beginning. It's something to do with taking the Looney Tunes and capturing them or something, but they need to play them in like a basketball game. So uh, the evil leader of the alien group comes and tricks uh, Charles Barkley, Muggsy Bogues, Patrick, Patrick Ewing, um, Larry Johnson. It was it was Larry Johnson and Chris Mull- was it Chris Mullen? Maybe Larry Bird was in there somewhere. But he didn't get his powers took, yeah. So they took all their basketball and they put on these little weird alien worm-looking guys and they became the Monstars. So Bugs Bunny... Vladdy Divock! He didn't get his powers taken. Because one of them had an actual box cut. Oh, okay. It was like... But yeah, so Bugs Bunny and them basically had a good idea. Yo, we gotta go... We gotta go get the best player in the world. It's Michael Jordan. To help us get our but this was back. during the period in which Michael Jordan left the game of basketball after the first three peat and was playing baseball. If you want to know more, there's a whole thirty for thirty about this. You can watch. <laughs> and they also talk about the last dance. Yes, that was the setup. So yeah. also yeah. there was another iconic moment because it was an MJ meets MJ moment. No, that wasn't it. That wasn't Michael Jackson that wasn't was a it? part of it. No, that because that was a, that was a couple years. That was four years prior. 
Oh, I thought GM was a part of this. Okay. It feels like the whole, it felt like the whole, I understand. Like it, it's the vibe. It's that 90s yeah. vibe. It, it, it all works. It yeah. ain't too much. Okay. So you set yeah. that up. So why is this film iconic? You still haven't told me yet. First of all, for a lot of people, it debuted the Air Jordan 11. That alone. <laughs> alone. One of the greatest, one of the greatest shoes ever created. It had mm. pat leather on it. It was an athletic tennis shoe. Yes, I said tennis shoe. Not sneaker. Because I'm not from New York City. I am from the D.C. area. We said tennis shoes back then. Uh-huh. Had pat leather on the shoe. Yes. It looks marvelous. I got four different pairs of them daggone things. <laughs> and it had a tune squad. And they fly. And out of nowhere, in the end, Bill Murray comes in and, and subs himself into the game and start dropping assists and J's. What? <laughs> what? Bill Murray. Yeah. That was the first time we saw Bill Murray pull a Bill Murray where he just pops up somewhere you don't expect. <laughs> Bill Murray. Huge basketball fan, Bill Murray. Newman from, from Seinfeld was in it. <laughs> I still don't true. know why he was in it, but that shows you the power of Seinfeld and Third Rock from the Sun. The voice of Homer Simpson, Dan Castellaneta was in it. Everybody was in that. It was so and good. My my beloved Marvin the Martian was in it. Although I he don't was. think there was an appearance of the Illudium Q36 space modulator. No, no, no. He didn't. He didn't play either. He was just. He, he just. He's around because he's needed. He's needed. Has some good stuff in it though. So now, recently, you went to preview the new film, Space Jam: A New Legacy. That we shouldn't call Space Jam too, but <laughs> set us up for this film. What's the okay. difference here? What are the parallels? Let's start with the parallels. What are the the parallels? parallels is that Bugs Bunny has a friendship with the debatable best player alive currently. <laughs> best there could play, be a long play, debate about Best that. player on the court currently. Debatably. Yeah. It depends yeah. on how you feel about it. But yeah. Yeah. So that's there. And there's a <laughs> team of Looney Tunes. Yes. And they have to fight super powered cartoon basketball team. And that's kind of where it splits because the setup of the film isn't really the same at all. Well, no, it's not. But let, let's say this. both In both cases with Michael Jordan and LeBron James, they played fictional versions of themselves with fictional versions of their families with their families' actual names. So we start there. Right. I wouldn't even. It's not even. Actually, I don't even know if it's because all their names aren't really the same. It's it's interesting. It's like if we take it since this movie is meta about what Warner Brothers is, it feels like this is a use a DC Comics term, an alternate Earth version of LeBron. Yeah. yeah. That okay. has a very similar background, but there's yes. no Maverick Carter. Uh, right. His this wife is, is different. There is no this LeBron is a fictional. This is yes. a fictional version of LeBron James. Yeah. Which is, which is, I would say it's different because back in the day, you didn't actually know much about Michael Jordan and his family. You know about Juanita and that's kind of it. But with well. LeBron, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you actually do know all his kids because like of Instagram and social media and then like seeing pictures of him and his wife walking his, his son play and be amazing at basketball. And it's just like, Okay, this is jarring. This is this is not his actual family, but it'll work. 
And it's also it's a fictional uh, version. It's not the actual. Yeah. But you know. yeah, you almost thought it was almost like a fictional version of of them. But it's kind of like LeBron is a father. He has children, and he's LeBron James. And he is. it's very it's a very meta thing that references not only the old movie, but everything we know about LeBron. But this time, the Looney Tunes are three D animated. No, mm-hmm. are they not? They start out as regular Looney Tunes. The three D part happens later. And this is something that Bugs Bunny does not care for. Oh, well, of course not. He's a purist. The (laughs) bunny is a purist. He's like, well, what are you you doing versus... And this time, the foe is an algorithm. Played uh, by... A Warner Brothers algorithm played by Don Cheadle. And the name of the character is Al G. Rhythm. (laughs) 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 And a lot of it has to be with... uh, Dealing with kind of the place of the Looney Tunes in the culture versus what it used to be. And at this point, as it comes at a certain point where the movie feels a lot more like the, uh, the 1991 film Hook than it does anything like Space Jam. Interesting. Even though there is basketball involved. But once people see it, they'll see some of the correlations between the thematic arc of Hook and the thematic arc of Space Jam, A New Legacy. Okay, that's interesting. So what's the conflict here? They got to fight these monstrous versions of real basketball players, but why, though? Can you tell us in the setup, or is it is that a spoiler? LeBron is been dragged into the serververse by Algie Rhythm to help Algie Rhythm achieve a goal of entertainment dominance an acknowledgement of the world. So he challenges LeBron to a game of basketball and only then can he get his, his son back. Wow. So there's a kidnapping. Yes. Yes. They take them both. So again, I don't don't want to beat the horse, but it's kind of like hook where Captain Hook stole Peter Pan's son. It's like, you better come and get him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a, that's a good setup. So, so tell me, is it good? Uh, see, I'm biased here because I think I've said publicly that Space Jam New Legacy is made personally for me. Mm, how so? And, uh, it has basketball in it. Mm-hmm. It has the Looney Tunes playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all I really needed to do. There's nice <laughs> tennis shoes in it and they jump through all the different a bunch of different cameos of different like Warner Brothers projects. So you know, for some people, they may think it's cheesy that LeBron ends up in the Matrix to come get Granny and Speedy Gonzalez, who was just hanging out in the Matrix because they had nothing else to do. I found that hilarious. It, it is a very meta Warner Brother universe type thing to do. You know, like, oh, like, yeah, like Foghorn Leghorn is just hanging out in the Game of Thrones world. That's hilarious. That me. is hilarious. Because like I say, I say, I say, I say, which is coming. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm easy to please. <laughs> but overall, it's good. It even it even has a nod to um one of my favorite games on Game Boy that they showed in the beginning with the star of Bugs Bunny. And I'll it, it really hit real heads would know what it is. But it's in, it's even that's in the in the gang on moving. I was like, oh, that was my game. You know what I'm saying? If you really like Bugs Bunny, you was really on that game, getting them carrots, getting out of trouble. Yeah, it was 
it was a it was a fun movie. Uh, okay. I hopefully, it's get a fair shot. Uh, from the haters and the trolls on the internet who also seem to hate LeBron for no reason. Well, it's got Zendaya in it, so I'm, I, you know, I love. It has her voice Zendaya. in it. It has her voice in it. So that, yeah. that's it's her. That's her. Coach Daffy Duck is great. Coach Daffy Duck, he got the suit on. Like he ain't Pat got no Riley. pants on. He ain't got no pants on. <laughs> yeah, but it's Daffy Duck, you know. <laughs> so storytelling craft-wise, is this a satisfying story? It, you know, it feels satisfying for a movie about LeBron teaming up with the Looney Tunes. They find the ways to make everything work. Uh, some performances of, of very, like, Don Cheadle's great. He's hilarious. I think LeBron had a little bit of trouble acting against, like, not people there. Like you can tell, you can kind of the, tell the green like, tennis like, ball. The green tennis ball is difficult. Yeah, or or the green or the guy in the green suit, like like MJ had to deal with. Like I see, mm-hmm. you can see it sometimes. It's like LeBron has been in enough stuff where actually he's probably, he's quite good when he's in a in a movie acting. So, but you can see that like yeah, he had a little bit of trouble acting against cartoons. Like he's not he's not used to this at all. But like the kid actor did great to play his son, Don again Don Cheadle hilarious going off. Yeah, I I swear that he probably didn't even. I don't even know how much they actually wrote his dialogue. He was just going off. Well, he he tends to do that. If you've ever watched, not watched. Well, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the show. Watched him snap off on Twitter. Uh. <laughs> yeah, um, the the NBA and WNBA players who who did their their characters in Lagoon Squad were quite good, especially uh, my man Dame Dollar, who actually did his own track for his character. For those who don't know, he's a, he's a rapper. He plays for the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Portland Trailblazers. He was quite good. The music drops were quite fun. I was uh, wondering. No no use of Welcome to the Space Jam in the movie, though. Um were you disappointed? Yes, I, I did kind of want to do Welcome to the Space Jam. But it's okay. I had a bunch of other good songs. Lil Baby on there. Kirk Franklin. That was a good song. All right. Sonequa Martin-Green playing um, Camille James. Yes. She did a good job. She did a good mama job. You got it. She, <laughs> she was a bomber. Like, come to dinner. What I say. <laughs> Save my boy. So is this a movie you want people to see? Like, is this a movie you're excited about? Or Yeah, I do. Actually, I think everybody should watch Space Jam and then go play the video game on Xbox and then go buy the shoes and watch it again on HBO Max and then, have, and then tell all the haters that they're going to be wrong. Enjoy. Watch a Bugs Bunny uh, shoot a fadeaway. Because he didn't do that in in the old movie. He didn't... He actually didn't do those real shots. It was just slapstick all the time. But it's it's it was good. But now the bunny is balling. He he he's trying to. It's really Lola Bunny who's really out there. Oh, um, Lola so got. You know she always. They make reference to the fact that she was the one. Literally, she's the one that knows how to play basketball because she was the only one who knew how to play basketball in the last movie. That's great. That I I enjoy that. The that's, rest that's the rest you should watch it because I don't want to spoil because it's there's some key parts in regards to the Louis Tunes and Bugs Bunny. Okay. That you should watch the movie for. Okay, so we've only got a minute left. So if you were going to, your favorite moment in the movie that you think people are going to love, I want you to tease it without spoiling it to take us out of this segment. Oh, there goes to the DC animated universe world. That's it. I'll tease it. 
That's the tease. That ain't the tease. You get to see a lot of familiar faces that you haven't seen animated in a long time. All right. So this has been Shireen and Julian on Geek Girl, right? Only on Adobe Radio. And Julian is definitely recommending Space Jam, a new legacy starring LeBron James and Bugs Bunny, releasing July 16th. Be there. Tell us what's up. There's more Geek Girl Riot to come. Welcome to the Space Jam. <laughs> I'm still singing Jam. It ain't too much. I'm sorry. It's not related, but in my brain, they converge. It's put together. <laughs> it ain't too much for me. Oh my gosh, Renee. Yeah. You know that I love it when it's one o'clock. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> One o'clock is every o'clock for me lately. <laughs> every o'clock, right? And yeah. having a variety of wines is like oh, yeah. one of the best things ever because you're like, you're having like a Pinot Grigio in the morning and then in the right. evening after dinner, you're having like a, in I the don't morning. Know, in the, <laughs> She's yes, in an the alcoholic, y'all. It's great well, juice. I, yes. It, well, <laughs> and you have to understand when you come from a mixed wine family like me, yes. I really prefer the whites and my wife really prefers the reds. And we don't really cross over a lot in our flavor profiles. And see, no one is like me because I am a dessert wine drinker. So oh, yeah. I tend to favor the ice wines and the tokais and all of those kinds of mm -hmm. things. So I got to say... We're loving on First Leaf, aren't we? Oh my God, I'm loving on First Leaf. First Leaf is a wine club that curates and ships boxes of wine that are perfect for you. How? Because you take a quiz so that yep. they get to know you and your taste, even from the top notes in the wine to the uh, yes. bouquet. And then you can try wine from renowned winemakers all over the world. Now, how about that packaging? Oh, and the packaging was amazing. Uh, if, uh, to go back just a second, you can go really not adventurous at all. Yes. So you can get things that you've had before that you really like. So you don't have to be worried about what you're going to get. Or you can go all the way adventurous. And I went all the way adventurous. And when I unboxed that thing, I had two things from South Africa. I had something from France, something from Spain. And I was overjoyed. We cracked open the Granted Wish Sauvignon Blanc 2020, and it was the perfect summer wine. It was a bright. It was exactly what I wanted. And, I, you know, I'm a sour girl, so all the sour ones, I was like, yes, please, sour. Yes, I like that sour. And much like my name, I'm a very much of a sweet girl. So yes, you I got are. wines from South Africa, from Chile, from California, of course, and from Italy. So you guys, we are loving on First Leaf like we told yeah. you. We are pouring yeah. out the wine. We have thrown parties with the wine, we pool have, parties, and, and everybody were, has loved it. Yeah, it was astounding. <laughs> it was astounding. It's hard to find a wine that everybody loves, but it, it happens. And First Leaf saves you time and money. Oh, yeah. Because their award-winning wines are delivered to your door 60% off the retail, right? So yeah. we are we are going to be telling you about First Leaf more and more because we get to oh rank God, our yes. wines and then we get yep. a new selection of wine based on our ranking. So whether you're by the water like us, by the pool, grilling with friends, or taking it easy at home, First Leaf is the perfect summer staple. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com. 
dot com slash g g r i o t. That's six bottles of wine for twenty nine ninety five and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com dot com slash g g riot. Seriously, do it. Paxton. Guys, how can you be so sure? When you're old and on your deathbed, whose naked body do you want to be picturing? Wouldn't I be thinking about my kids and grandkids and stuff? No, that's a myth. This is my last chance for an American high school boyfriend. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Paxton. That's why I have to figure out my boy situation stat. What's the alternative? You just date two guys until you move to India? So you're saying I should just have two boyfriends? Definitely not. Oh my God. I have two boyfriends. <laughs> I'm on a whole nother level. Ben gets my super brainy side. Paxton gets my mega horny side. Level. You kissing? Your father's ashes have barely begun to drift out to sea. I just got overcome with emotion. What are you gonna do at my funeral? Just have sex on top of my grave? I pray it's a closed casket. Pay attention, eyes on me. You're back. On Geek Girl Riot, I hope you enjoyed that Space Jam conversation and that you're going out to get that delicious First Leaf wine, which is specially picked for you. Plus, you got that great discount from us. Now, Alex. Hi. Hello. Okay, so without further ado, like I said, why do I keep saying further ado? How old am I? (laughs) What time machine did I jump out of? (laughs) It's the wine. It's the girl. Wine o'clock. I got a whole wine up. Mm-hmm. Just knocking them down. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what we really want to get into now is Never Have I Ever, season two, which you guys will be able to watch two days after this episode if you're listening live. And if you're not listening live, then you will be able to see the season two premiere globally, July 15th, 2021. That's Thursday, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's Thursday. Yes. Yeah. So exciting. So we're ready. We're ready to get in there. Never have I ever. So Alex, why don't you set us up for the series at large? Okay. So it follows Davy, who is a high school teenager in America. She is, well, I mean, she's, like I said, she's in high school. So she's kind of obsessed with boys as teenage girls often are and sort of makes plans to, um, she makes a Get pact with, with her three best friends to lose their virginity. They make a virginity yeah. pact. And, yeah, a virginity And this pact. is after, mm-hmm. we should say this is after she had a huge tragedy in her life that caused mm-hmm. her to become paralyzed. It was a psychosomatic response to trauma, and she becomes paralyzed. Once she heals, she goes back to school, and she's like, take my virginity, please. Yes. So she, uh, so she meets up with uh, one of the popular boys named Paxton, who she's had a crush on since, like, forever. The hot hopper, the hot hopper kid, Paxton Hall Yoshida, played by, uh, should we tell them who plays what role? So, uh, let's see, Davey is played by Maitri Ramakrishnan, and Paxton Hall Yoshida is played by Darren Barnett. Okay, please carry on. (laughs) Yes, so, uh, so she meets up with him and plans to lose her virginity, or as she says, I think she says it's getting railed, which is... A horrendous image. I don't want to know about that. Yeah, we just, I mean, I mean, Alex, how horrendous is it when we use terms like um, smash yeah. and bang? <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, you know, much like any rom-com, things don't go quite to plan. Otherwise, it would be a very short series. They would just uh, smash and then that was it. 
roll credits, but that doesn't happen. No, and also like every other YA, there is a love triangle. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a classmate that she uh, butts Hate. heads with a lot. Yes, they hate each other. His name is Ben. His last name is Gross, which I find hilarious. Um, played Accurate. by uh, Jaron <laughs> Lewison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, you know, you know what they say about love and hate. They're two sides of a coin. And so they kind of hate each other, kind of don't, kind of somewhere in the middle there, sometimes mostly hate. <laughs> and so a love they're triangle rivals is born. as well. Yes. Yes, yes, because they're both very, very smart. And so they're always, you know, trying to get the top spot for, you know, I guess valedictorian in the future and just getting the top grades in the class. Yes, indeed. Now, the great thing about this series that makes it very special is that Davy is narrated by <laughs> none other than all-time tennis world champion, <laughs> John McEnroe. He is the voice in her head. And what makes this genius is no one has anger issues like Davy and John McEnroe. They mm -hmm. are a perfect pair. He's in a pod. Mm -hmm. I mean... And, and McEnroe is, like, unbelievable here. Like, he is brilliant here with what he does. Whoever came up with this idea, I hope you yes. can hear those applause because well done you. Um, we've also <laughs> got <laughs> we've also got Porna Jagannathan, who is playing Nalani, who is Davy's mom. Uh, we've got her two best friends, who she has the virginity pact with, who are uh, Ramona Young as Eleanor and Lee Rodriguez as Fabiola. Now, what's great is that all of them are lying. <laughs> <laughs> like all three of these, all three of these girls are lying to each other about this process, which makes for yes, you guessed it, hijinks to ensue. It's super mm -hmm. chaotic, y'all. It's yeah. super chaotic. But what did you love about season one, Alex? You know, I just loved being able to see, you know, there are so many different characters here and they're all, they've all got such great stories and they all feel really well-rounded and the, the way that they mesh together and clash and interact and just try and figure out ways, you know, especially where the, most of them are in high school, you know, they're just trying to figure out how to interact with the world, with themselves and with each other. Seeing that is just hilarious and it's so on point, like it's so very high school. It is very high school and the journey that they go on because this series deals you guys with, it's it's over the top absurdist comedy, mm -hmm. but in within that it is very emotionally mature. Like it yeah. deals with the fallout of hiding who you are, of, mm -hmm. of mourning a sudden loss, of healing yourself, of trying to fit in you know, and of building your place in the world. It deals with all of the emotional fallout of all of these things. It deals with betrayal. It deals with being left behind, not in the <laughs> biblical sense, y'all. There's no rapture, oh but it, it does deal with being abandoned. And it does it so well, right? Even mm -hmm. with uh, Davey, a lot of shows would skip over this or make it a joke, but Davey is seriously in therapy with none other than Niecy Nash playing Dr. Oh Jamie Ryan. Jamie Ryan's a hilarious name for Niecy Nash, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just love that it holds each character accountable, especially Davey, yes. because like you said, she's in she's in therapy and she's she's healing, but she also has times when she can be very problematic and that hugely. You know, 
Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily anything to do with what she's talking to Dr. Ryan about, but it's something that will come up and that she learns to deal with. Yes, and it it's unexpected, right? This show is so mm-hmm. much smarter than people think it is. Mm-hmm. I love that it centrally features a Tamil's family because I have some great friends from from South India. And so seeing a Tamil family that's specifically shown in all of their culture is amazing yeah. uh, for me. It, it, but I'm imagining I'm a black lady. I imagining for Tamil folks, it's got to be really cool. <laughs> and these characters are not perfect. And no, they don't represent every Tamil person. They're no. never going to. Mm-hmm. So they don't represent Tamil culture and they don't represent Tamil people as a whole, but specific Tamil folks in Southern Cal and the culture that they are keeping alive and also mm-hmm. the ways that that blends with American culture. And um, we haven't gotten a lot of that with uh, the characters of Elle, Eleanor, or Fabiola yet, but they also each have their cultures, Elle being a Chinese-American and Fabiola being uh, bi-ethnic, or some people say mixed race, but there's only one race, we're all human, so bi-ethnic is what I say, Mm -hmm. being both Black and Latinx. We haven't gotten as much into their cultures yet, but we do get into mother-daughter dynamics heavily. Heavily, yeah. And I mean, the really great thing is that um, Fabiola's mom, (laughs) (laughs) you know where this is She's so great. Yes. Timmy Locke is in this role. I've really loved her for a long time. And seeing her here is this like fussy, prissy (laughs) mom is like Mm -hmm. so cool. Like for those of you who know, it just, seeing this kind of black mom is just Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. yeah, and like she has such a specific idea of what she wants in mind from the future, but she wants it for a, for like reasons that you don't necessarily expect, if that makes right. sense. It does, you know? it absolutely yeah. does. And I think that one of the things that struck me most about season one of Never Have I Ever is that they take all of these YA and rom-com archetypes mm-hmm. and in your head you know who you're supposed to root for. Right. But if you're really paying attention, they completely dismantle those things. Like they mm-hmm. completely shred them and turn them on the ear. And some of us, and I want to talk about this in segment two, are still culturally conditioned towards one character over an- another. And we're really not paying attention to how terrible some of these characters actually are. <laughs> Alone with Davey. Because Davy makes a lot of ugly she mistakes, does. like just mean, bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she never means it. She just is so angry. Yeah. She's so angry, right? But one of the characters that you and I often like to talk about is uh, Richa Morjanani as Kamala. Mm, and how yeah, complex is this great. beauty. She's a hyper smart scientist. And we're all supposed to think that she's perfect. But Kamala is <laughs> selfish. She's, she's flighty. flighty. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's quite mean shallow. in the shallow in the most ridiculous of ways, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, she is always on to the next cutie pie, right? And and a lot of people miss it because we're so conditioned to see her as this perfect older sister, in this case, older cousin character who's shedding mm-hmm. a light on everything. And because Kamala is lovely. We miss all, a lot of us miss her flaws, not me and Alex. And that's why we're talking to you about this. Because for me, that is also a part of what makes this show so smart. Is that every single archetype, you find out what's wrong with that archetype. And what this person is doing wrong. But yes, Kamala is super shallow. She is dismissive. 
she's actually she's jumps to snap judgments mm-hmm. and uh yeah there's but a can't lot make the of things own, there. she can't make the same judgments for herself like the self-reflection is is a little bit missing here Woof. how about <laughs> it and then we have nalini who is devi's mother as we mentioned and she is struggling she's doing her best but she has her own anger issues and in season one we're not going to hold back from spoilers in season one but we will not be spoiling season two but in season one nalini is awful to paxton like like awful in a way that i wanted somebody to grab her by the shoulders and say lady you are talking to a child Right. He's got he's got a seven or eight pack. I guess it would be eight since they come in pairs, but he is a <laughs> child. You cannot yeah. talk to this kid though. What do you what kind of psychological effect do you think calling this kid stupid and unworthy is gonna have on this kid? Yeah, that's awful. And she she never apologizes for it. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. never realizes that it's wrong. And you're you're stunned by this behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's amazing about this series is they're all super flawed. They're all basically chaos demons. <laughs> <laughs> and they, but the show, as you said, holds them accountable. They work their way through it and mostly they apologize. The, yeah. the person who never apologizes is Nalini, except for when she's not wrong. Then she apologizes, which is really bothering me, but I think they're going to get into that in season three. That was a Mm -hmm. tease, not a spoiler. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can also talk about, Alex, I'm going to let you talk. I've been rambling, but what are your thoughts (laughs) on those things that I mentioned? Yeah, I just, you know, it really blows my mind how much depth they add to these characters by saying like, oh, look, you see this pretty boy and you think he's just going to be this dumb jock, but then, oh no, he's actually really sweet and he's really insightful in his own way and really pushes himself to learn. You know, I'm talking about Paxton, obviously. And you, but you could also be talking about Trent. You're talking about Paxton, but Trent also has those qualities, you know? Yeah. Um, Who's another hottie played by Benjamin Norris, but please carry on. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it just, it really, it really works to make sure that these characters, you know, aren't archetypes and just, it puts them through the ringer at times, you know, to make it, it tells them no, you know, which I think is a a fantastic way of writing characters that, you know, it it doesn't give them what they want at times to see how they react and to, to unpack why they're reacting that way. You know, like it's not just Davey who, you know, sometimes has a little bit of a meltdown if she gets angry right it's it's the other characters that you know when they're suddenly up against something that they can't just you know work their way through they have to stop and figure out and sometimes call on their friends for help yes and they oftentimes react poorly at first Eleanor Mm -hmm. frequently is is a drama queen in the worst possible ways right And Fabiola frequently recedes so far into herself that she's like a sand pit. Yeah. You know, and then it's hard for her to to dig her way out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it shows that all these different personalities and the way they react may be very different, but it shows shows the different ways that they are able to come around and figure out what they need from themselves and from others. And I think that's so smart. It's not just, you know... Oh, it's the it's the headstrong character that messes up, but then you know makes up for it. It's all these different characters that are able to, you know, grow and learn from themselves in their own ways. 
And after that, that's our recap of season one of Never Have I Ever. Come back in a few minutes, or don't come back, stay, stay. And in a few minutes, we'll be talking about season two and getting you all teased up for that because that's what we do. You're back on Geek Girl Right with me, Shireen, and Alex. And all we want to talk about is Never Have I Ever season two. But we had to get you ready first. So we, in the last segment, we got you prepared. Now, in this segment, we're doing weird accents today. I do not know why. In this segment, we're going to tease you about season two, set you up for season two, and then talk a little bit more about Ben versus Paxton or Paxton versus Ben. How do you feel about that, Alex? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun one. Okay, so let's start it off. So we'll read you what Netflix has to say first. You know, let them have their say. Then you'll, we'll tell you what we have to say. In season two of the coming-of-age comedy Never Have I Ever, Indian-American teenager Davy Maitri Ramakrishnan continues to deal with the everyday pressures of high school and drama at home while also navigating new romantic relationships. Never Have I Ever is created by executive producer Mindy Kalin. Go, Mindy! You killed it. You slayed it. You slammed it. It's a jam. With Lang Fisher serving as executive producer, showrunner, and writer, the Universal Television Project is also produced by Three Arts Entertainment, Howard Klein, and Dave Miner. All right, so that's a little bit more than you needed, but (laughs) that gives you the gist of it. We have to tell you, and this is a total tease, that episode three is the one episode you will likely hear nothing about, but oh boy, is it a good time. Okay, sorry, I had to do that. So... (laughs) Let's get it all set up for (laughs) season two. So season two picks up exactly where we left off with season one with Davey and Ben Gross in a car. Gross. Kissing. That's not a spoiler. That's what happened Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Paxson Hall Yoshida is at Davey's house calling her relentlessly because he realizes he's made some massive errors in the way that he has treated her. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Love triangle. Love triangle. And looming over their heads, although the two boys don't know it yet, is Davy and her mother Nalini's impending move back to India. Mm -hmm. What you got on the setup, Alex? Well, I mean, how do you think that Davy, a high school teenager, is going to handle having two boys interested in her and you know, the fact that she has no real consequences because she's moving back to India. Just how do you think that's going to go down? Really? Not well. It's Davy, the chaos goddess. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going (laughs) to go well. (laughs) And also because she feels like, she basically feels like she's got to have her like, American high school experience, you know? Yeah. And and like her pretty much her high school bucket list because- Because then she's not going to get to do these things. And the thing about Paxson and Ben is one of them, Paxson, is hot and and actually quite sensitive when you get to know him. The other one, Ben, is smart and wealthy and actually less sensitive than y'all probably think. Because I know all of y'all are out there like, Ben is our classic, unlikely rom-com mm. YA hero. We're supposed to pick Ben. But are you? No. Are you? But before we get there... Let's just say that romance abounds in season two, right? Yeah, so much romance. Like, we can already tell you because we saw that Entertainment Weekly already told you 
that Common, as in the rapper, has joined this season. And um, let's just say he and Nalani collide. <laughs> How you like that? Oh Alice? my god, yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a little something on the horizon for Eleanor, but we know Eleanor, as I said before, she is the ultimate drama queen, so you know she's gonna add extra sauce until she just messes mm, up the mm-hmm. dish. And mm-hmm. Fabiola is still trying to figure out what being gay means. <laughs> she does not know the rules of being a lesbian, which are there any? You guys already know the answer, but Fabiola doesn't yet. <laughs> so there's lots of um, there's lots of turmoil for our three leading ladies, but there's also new characters. We go deeper in depth with in our love triangle and Paxton and Ben. We just go in depth with a lot more characters, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, like I just want to shout out Anissa. So she comes in and she is She's an Indian girl as well. She's a Muslim and she loves to play football and she's just like really cool. She just fits in wherever she feels like and she is you know, really, cool. really takes to Davy and their group and just, I kind of just really love her character. And she's not pretending. Right. She just, she is who she is. Yeah. Anissa has found the balance. She's found mm-hmm. the balance of being Indian American in a way that Davy has not. And as the only other Indian girl at school, it draws them into each other's orbit. By the way, Anissa is played by Megan Suri. Oh, thank you. You're quite welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really did enjoy this character. And kind of, she's not a mirror for Davy, but they're right. running in parallel. And they're very different. And I think they enrich each other by being so mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Although you guys know, like I told you before, Davy is the goddess of fucking shit up. Oh, my um, God. She royally Davies this one up. Woof. As in, as in a verb. David is yeah. a verb. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I really love how Anissa isn't just introduced as a character to act as a plot device for Davy. She is right. very much her own person and she really fits into this world. And I just, I love this addition and how much she adds to it. Yes, I absolutely do too. So... Let's talk about what most people have on their minds when it comes to Never Have I Ever. It's the first question most people ask, other than making the stars play Never Have I Ever, which. (laughs) But but what we want to talk about is what a lot of you guys have been talking about, which is Ben or Paxton, Paxton or Ben. And I have to say that we talked about it in segment two. What really draws me to Never Have I Ever is that they take the archetypes And you get Mm -hmm. presented with these characters that you know how you're supposed to feel about based on other YA stories and based on rom-com. And then they tell you things about these characters that you might miss if you accept that the, that the archetype is all there is to the character. Right. Yeah. And just every time you think it's going one way, they start to flip it and you're like, I still have no idea. Right. Every episode, you're like, who is it going to be this time? (laughs) Right, because one thing we can say about Ben, and you guys know this from season one, but you can see it if you pay attention from season one. Ben is our unlikely rom-com hero, the, the, Mm -hmm. the smart, funny, ultimately sensitive boy that we're all supposed to fall in love with because every rom-com tells us so. And Paxton Mm -hmm. is on paper, the, the hot, 
BIPOC boy who's an athlete who's supposed to be stupid and not sensitive and is supposed to break our hearts because that's what we've been conditioned to believe. Right. And so um, a lot of people, not me and Alex, because I don't know what y'all were thinking, but me and Alex were not thinking what y'all were thinking. You're like, oh, Ben, <laughs> Ben is so sweet. Ben was there for Davey. Was he? Was he? Right. Because I remember Ben selling her out and never apologizing, talking shit about her. And then when she needed to get to her father's uh, memorial ceremony, putting inserting himself into her life to drive her, knowing he couldn't drive and knowing an Uber would have been faster. And he did it because he wanted to be her savior. Is that the good guy that y'all are looking for? This y'all's right. king? Mm-hmm. Alex, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts there? Yeah, I just, I don't really see it with him. And it's just like, they're so, like, I understand the whole, like, love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just don't see it working out long term. Like, obviously, I know when you're a teenager, you're just looking for the, for the one, right? But mm-hmm. And Ben is the one we've been told delight. Yeah, they just don't seem that compatible. They seem, I, I think they would be better off as friends, but. And Ben does a lot of dirty stuff that no one calls him on because everybody's looking at the ostensible nice stuff. But in season one and in season two, if y'all are paying attention, you're going to see that every nice thing that Ben does is usually for his own benefit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Am I wrong? Like he and like while he does see some growth, I, Mm -hmm. I often wonder if it's for the wrong reasons. Right. Where then you have your kind of coterie of hot BIPOC athlete boys who are all supposed to be stupid and reveal themselves to be so much more than that. I think that Paxton has a way bigger growth than than anything that happens with Ben. And when he Mm -hmm. messes up, he apologizes and he backs her up rather than doing things that are going to benefit him. And he learns and he admits to learning and he listens. Yeah. And he does stuff to make himself better, not just for her, but for himself, which is great. And his family. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys can tell we're Team Paxton. We're Team Paxton because y'all are missing it. Y'all are missing all of the little things because you guys are looking at the ostensible stuff and the cultural conditioning of rom-com and you're Mm -hmm, missing mm -hmm. the fact that Paxton is the one who's always there for her, truly always there for her and always growing, even though he messed up majorly in season one, which who hasn't? The the one of y'all that have not messed up, y'all go ahead and hold your hand up. I don't see no hands. You but, up. Yeah, I mean, like like we've been saying, you know, I think that's the fantastic thing about Never Have I Ever is they just they're taking all of those tropes and are just being like, oh, well, have you actually thought deeply about this? Mm-hmm. You know, they they're just they're like, what if this happened? What if this trope was like this? Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love it too. And they're not preaching to you because they never tell you. They keep <laughs> showing you that Ben is selfish, but they never tell you he is because everybody's like from her mother straight through to her best friends. Everybody's telling her it's Ben, that Paxson is just a sex object, which is yep. really interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got about five minutes left on the entire show and we've broken down why we're team Paxton and why we're right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not to say that Ben isn't a cool character, just that he's got some major issues that y'all are not addressing. Mm -hmm. But so what else do you love about season two? What else do you want to tease and get everybody excited for? Um, I guess we should talk a bit more about uh, Kamala because she has her (laughs) own relationship uh, issues. Um... Kamala's kind of an ass. (laughs) But I I love her. I love I know, her. I know, I love her so much. She's so great. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it just, again, yeah, go ahead. Tell us about how she defies the archetypes. So uh, obviously we mentioned before she's a scientist and she starts at a new uh, lab rotation. And the the lab is not great. It's the boys club. And she's mm. having trouble fitting in, you know, as the, as the like hot female scientist kind of thing that doesn't, you know. Nobody takes seriously because the worst thing, when you're a woman, it's hard enough in STEM. Mm -hmm. When you are a beautiful woman in STEM, Lord Mm -hmm. help you. (laughs) So that kind of her trying to fit in with the boys club is hilarious. Um, But also her discussing how to approach her work life with her partner or her boyfriend, I guess. It throws up some uh, red flags for me. Personally. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't say what, but <laughs> no. but but anticipate the flags. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see how how they view the world and how Kamala approaches each situation and how she looks to to those around her to approach those situations. That's all yes. I can say. She has great growth, and it really reveals mm-hmm. Kamala's strengths and her shortcomings without judging her for any of them. Right, yeah. Which is something this show does really well. I also liked Fabiola's arc this season as she is is basically entering into a culture, another part of yeah. herself that she's really just starting to get to know, and that's queer culture, and, mm-hmm. it's, and specifically lesbian culture. And mm-hmm. um, it's not a monolith, y'all, but uh, <laughs> Fabiola might be making the mistake of thinking that it is. Yeah, yeah, she... You know, I think it's very difficult when you are trying to figure out who you are, um, no matter what kind of community or culture or whatever it is that you, you're exploring, it's very difficult not to lose yourself within that. Um, and I think Fabiola is going to have have a bit of a challenge when it comes to, to figuring out where she fits within that community. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, it's a lot of fun watching her figure it out, I have to say. It is. And then we have Eleanor who is dealing with the fallout of last season in a way that you guys are not going to see coming (laughs) because she doesn't know she's dealing with it until like near the end of the season. And you're seeing everything happen like a, like a, like a 10 car pile up. (laughs) And just the way she comes about the, the, the revelations about, you know, what she's dealing with is so unexpected. You'll just be like, wait, what? Yes. And the season very subtly, because we've got like a minute left, deals Mm -hmm. with bullying Mm -hmm. in a a very subtle way that is quite sensitive and and important. There's so many important issues that this series deals Mm -hmm. with. Yeah, Yeah? absolutely. What's your last word, Alex? I just I can't wait for you guys to see this and to make sure you take some time with it and make your own pro con lists because you're going to need that. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so once again never have i ever season two globally on netflix on july 15th 
watch it watch it with us we're gonna come back and do a whole nother episode with which we will be ringing the spoiler siren for and talking about it and mindy kaylin we gotta say you're doing good work lady we love you